You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right now, there is no stopping the Cleveland Indians. Welcome to the Streak Podcast. In 2017, the Cleveland Indians went on an unprecedented, record-setting 22-game winning streak. You may never see anything quite like this again. For the next three weeks, you can hear each game as it happened, night after night, on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. History continues to march on. On the Streak Podcast, we'll get the stories from the players, coaches, manager Terry Francona, and others. From the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhouse. Now, let's relive one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of The Streak. I'm Jim Rosenhouse, and along with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, we are bringing you some of the main characters from the Indians' 22-game win streak at the tail end of 2017. And it all coincides with the radio broadcasts of those games going on right now on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network as well as Indians.com. Now, in a little bit, we will get to Hammy's thoughts on the streak from his perspective of more than 30 years in the Indians broadcast booth, a lot of good times uh, during those 30 years, and uh, this would be season number 31 if we do indeed get going. But first, a look back at game 12 of the streak, the opening game of a four-game series in Chicago. This was another workmanlike performance by the Tribe, keyed by a strong effort on the mound by Trevor Bauer and the bullpen, and plenty of offense too. Carlos Santana, who hit 365 with five homers during the streak, got things started in the second inning. The pitch swung on, lifted high in the air to deep right center. This ball is gone! Carlos Santana's hit number 22. And the Indians just keep rocking on the road. It's a 1-0 Tribe lead on Santana's solo blast to right center to start inning number two. But it wasn't just the mainstays getting it done. Young catching prospect Francisco Mejia, in his first week in the major leagues, took care of his first hit and run driven in with one swing. Mejia there from the left side against the right-hander. Here's the pitch, and it's swung on, lined up the middle, a base hit into center field. Rounding third, heading for home is Santana. The throw is dropped at the plate. Santana scores, and the Indians take a 3-0 lead. And they do it on the first major league hit for Francisco Mejia, and it drives in a run. Well, how about that? Francisco Mejia gets that first base hit, and it's just a solid line drive single to center. He'll enjoy that one. Then with the Tribe clinging to a one-run lead in the eighth inning, Jose Ramirez provided some breathing room. Beck with a high hold and the 0-1. Swung on, this has hit a ton. Deep right field, this ball is gone! Clears the bullpen and into the seats in right. And Jose Ramirez keeps pummeling the baseball. His fifth home run on this road trip. His 23rd home run of the year. And the Indians get a big insurance run here in the eighth and now lead this ball game five to three. And once again, the pen allowed things to hold up in the ninth inning. 
Five to three Indians, two out, two on. Chicago's last hope here in the bottom of the ninth. Brantley awaits the one-two pitch. Here it comes. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Chase the curveball in the dirt. Allen strikes out Brantley. The Indians have now won 12 in a row. Trevor Bauer gets his 15th win. And Cody Allen gets saved number 24. And the Indians keep rolling. They beat the White Sox today by a final score of 5-3. to three. So a 5-3 to three win over the Sox put the streak at a dozen games, and the franchise record of 14 straight wins was squarely in reach. Now, Tom Hamilton has seen plenty of good baseball during his time with the Indians. 92 postseason games, three World Series, and some remarkable individual performances have all been a part of his tribe broadcasting career that, again, will number 31 years once this season begins. But as Hammy says, the streak has a big place not only in Indians history, but Major League Baseball history, too. Well, I... um... I mean, you, you talk about the great teams in the history of the game, whether it's the 1927 Yankees or whether it's the Yankees of 1998 when they were setting their records or any other team. But nobody ever came remotely close to having a three-week stretch like the Indians did. So I think that jumps out at you that, you know, every year we crown a champion. There's a World Series champion every year in baseball. Every maybe 100 years, somebody wins 20 or 22 in a row. So it's just so unique. And I think the more you look back at it now, most part of that three-week stretch, they were without Lonnie Chisenhall, Michael Brantley, Jason Kipnis, Josh Tomlin, Danny Salazar uh, were hurt for a good chunk of that stretch. Andrew Miller was banged up in 2017. He pitched in one game in those 22 games. So when you think of all the critical components that didn't even take part in that three week stretch, it makes it even more astounding. And, and guys that, you know, aren't even with the club anymore. Uh, Giovanni Urshela, Eric Gonzalez, Yonder Diaz. Um, they all had big games basically coming off the Indians bench. So it truly was a full team effort. Yeah, there were guys like Jose Ramirez and, and Frankie Lindor and Carlos Santana and, and Edwin Encarnacion had incredible three-week stretches there to, that really helped carry the offense. But, you know, the Indians got from their two catchers, Gomes and Perez, seven homers, 23 RBIs combined during that stretch. And I, I, I just some of the numbers, Rosie, you look at now, uh, the Indians pitching staff gave up 37 runs. I mean, that, that's an ERA of about 1.7. The Indians hit 41 homers. So the Indians hit four more home runs than total runs allowed by the pitching staff. And and you, you just kind of keep going through those numbers. Seven shutouts, you know, a run differential of 105 runs in favor of the Indians. Um, you know, Ryan Merritt coming up, making two spot starts, winning them both. I mean, you just go on and on. I think when, as you remember, when you're in the middle of it, you're kind of caught up with it day to day and you're not really doing much reflecting. And now you reflect three years later. And, and to me, it becomes even a, a more incredible feat 
that they accomplished what they accomplished. And you know, a lot of those games weren't close either, Rosie. The Indians would jump ahead early, and their pitching was so dominant that the game was over a lot of times by the fourth inning. And, and you mentioned that, and, and maybe that's why um, you know people ask, when, when did you realize something special was going on? And it just seemed like a, there were no close games, so it wasn't like it was ever in jeopardy at any point until the very end. Uh, yeah. How about you? Did, did Was there a point in time where you said, wow, this is something, you know, it's really happening now? You know what? To me, as soon as you get into double figures, it becomes pretty incredible. I mean, um, it, it's hard to win, you know, a, a three-game series and sweep the series. And then, you know, to think that for the second year in a row, you were going to potentially set a new franchise record. I mean, the old record didn't last long, lasted one year when they won 14 in a row in 2016. And I I just think back to coming, you know, the the club had the all-star break and then just played real poorly in San Francisco and Oakland. And it was almost like the all-star break was still going on in the players' minds, the way those games were played. And the came back and was 48 and 45. And you're, you're now deep into July and Tito wasn't happy and, and held a team meeting. And, you know, one of the things he said was, you know, guys, you can't just sit around here and, and not kick it into gear. You, you can't wait around and, and think you're going to have a, another 14 game winning streak like we had last year. So what did they do? But they topped it and they won 22 in a row. So I mean, those things, to have back-to-back years with winning streaks of that length, you know, it kind of gets lost in all of this, Rosie. The club was 48-45 and after that West Coast trip and then proceeded to win nine in a row. And that was what really kind of jump-started the ball club. And then that 22-game winning streak followed about two weeks later. So, you know, in, in a stretch there of about six weeks, they won 22 in a row and they won nine in a row. That, that tells you just how good their pitching was because you can't have winning streaks of any duration unless you've got really good starting pitching. And there were some hurdles to overcome along the way. A couple of guaranteed streak killers to me, double headers, <laughs> and then yep. trying to work in September call-ups. And, yep. and they had both that. There were two double headers early on, New York and Detroit. And they managed to get through those. It was, I mean, you look back on it now, and, and that would seem to be such a huge key very early on in the streak. Yeah, especially at Yankee Stadium, you know. And, um, you know, Ryan Merritt pitched one of those games in the doubleheader. And then a day off and another doubleheader against Detroit. I mean, that truly was a three-week period in which you jammed in 22 games. So, uh, and you were doing it with a depleted roster because of all of the injuries. So, yeah, it, it uh, there's just so many things about that stretch. And, you know, and then to continue it like they did and, you know, and, and to to set the record, you know, when you were down to your last strike uh, seemed appropriate. And in a lot of ways, for me, anyhow, it, it just seemed like uh, poetic justice that it was the Indians and Royals that were on center stage with history in the making, considering the fact that for four years in 2014, 15, 16, and 17, it was the Royals and Indians that dominated the American League. 
going to three World Series and, and then the Indians having the kind of season they had in 2017. Uh, we always talk about the big boys, the Bostons and the New Yorks. But, you know, it was little Kansas City and little Cleveland that really had, you know, taken the American League by storm for about a four-year period. The year before, Rajay Davis hits the home run in Game 7 of the World Series where it felt like the stadium was going to collapse. It was shaking so much. Uh, you mentioned that that terrific ending against Kansas City for win number 22. Uh, the Lindor tying base hit and then the Bruce winning base hit. Uh, almost as good or, or similar to, to what you saw a year before? Well, it, it, it was obviously pulsating, but to me, nothing compares to the World Series in Game 7. I mean, it's just... Um, I think game seven of a world series is the most special event in sports. Now, a lot of people will argue that the Super Bowl is better and whatnot. and Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But when you have a seven game world series, the way the drama builds throughout that two week stretch or week and a half stretch, nothing would ever top game seven of the world series. And as dramatic as Rajay Davis had that home run against of all people, Chapman, um, but you know, the, the, the night that they broke the record, obviously the people that were at the ballpark, uh, certainly felt like it was a playoff atmosphere. The, the club reacted like it was a playoff type game. I mean, Frankie down to his last strike and then rifles a double the other way against an awfully tough pitcher in Kelvin Herrera and Alex Gordon nearly made a spectacular catch. And he's a, a gold glover there in left field. So you, you never knew for sure until you saw the ball ricochet off the wall that, you know, Lindor was going to tie up the game. And, and then Jay Bruce, who had become a critical acquisition, really the club's fortunes turned around when they got Jay Bruce from the New York Mets that summer. The Indians were really struggling because of the injuries. They needed somebody to give them a jolt. And uh, Jay Bruce had a great stretch on a road trip after he was acquired from the Mets starting in Tampa Bay where he, he carried the Indians for a road trip and really helped stabilize the offense. And, uh, you know, he had had a big home run the night before in a, in a key spot when the Indians won game number 21. And, and then of course got the walk-off game winner in extra innings to win game number 22. And, um, I know Tito said in visiting with him recently, when they won that game and the way they won that game, you know, he looked at Brad Mills, the bench coach, and said, Millsy, I don't know if we will lose another game. It, it had gotten to that point of, like, some way, somehow, they're going to find a way to win when you least expect it. And, of course, then it ended the next night, and the Royals, as they always did, you know, had so much pride and played the Indians so hard, even though they were out of it. Um, Kansas City, you know, I think they took great pleasure in in ending that 22-game win streak. And when you look back at, at when it ended, it was in September, so there were call-ups. And, and obviously a streak is going. You'd love to keep it going. But at that time of year, you don't want to stress your pitching or or play players into the ground if you don't have to. And it seemed like the Indians didn't have to do that. Maybe it was because of how the games went, but but it didn't seem like they really taxed anyone more than they normally would. No, and and again, Tito um, said this recently. You know, a lot of people, when the Indians lost to the Yankees in that best-of-five series, 
you know, everyone's of course then, you know, got it all figured out as to what went wrong and that the ball club exhausted itself during that. That, that, that was the furthest thing from the truth because again, if you looked at it, um, Tito did not burn the bullpen. In fact, Tito said he felt one thing he learned from the year before he said, I wasn't happy with how I handled the bullpen in 2016 when we won 14 in a row. He felt like maybe he went to key guys too many times to keep that thing going. And he felt like that was something he had learned that in the 22-game win streak, as big a deal as it was and how much fun it was, and you always want to be a part of history, that he was very cognizant of not burning out the bullpen and to be careful on how he used guys. And again, that's part of what made the streak so astounding is the names I mentioned before that were reserve players that played key roles. And, you know, at the end of the day, the disappointment of, of losing to the Yankees um, is still a bitter pill for a lot of folks with the organization. That was a really good team. And uh, in a lot of ways might've been better than the 2016 team and had the two games to none lead over New York. And, you know, if Aaron judge is six, three, instead of six, seven, Frankie Lindor has a home run and the Indians sweep the Yankees in three and, and who knows how it might've turned out. Of course, now we learned that maybe it wouldn't have mattered because Houston was cheating like heck. And that's why they won the world series, but we'll never know in that regard. But, you know, the, the club was not exhausted. If nothing else, it gave the club such adrenaline and also gave it a lot of momentum going into the postseason and a confidence factor that was something you can talk about. But they got that confidence because of how they played. It's just, you know, ran into the wrong team at the wrong time. And we were involved in, in the streak, obviously, very closely, being there every step of the way. What about outside our little bubble of, of the Indians? Um, how much did you hear from from other people as this thing got close to 20 games and then beyond? You know, you did. I don't, I don't know that it was abnormal. Um, I, to me, the biggest thing was how nationally the Indians were always the lead story, whether it was on SportsCenter that night or whether it was on some of the national morning shows or you, you name it nationally, it uh, it obviously kind of took the nation and and grabbed its attention. But um, yeah, I, I I didn't notice a ton more from people. But you know, you get so kind of wrapped up in your little bubble there during a baseball season that sometimes you're a little bit oblivious to what's going on around you. Well, Hammy, it certainly was a, a gosh, a memorable three weeks. <laughs> three weeks without leaving the ballpark with a loss. <laughs> that, That's <laughs> now, yeah. You look at it, Rosie. The club, when it started the streak on August twenty fourth, had a record of sixty nine and fifty six. Not bad. Thirteen games over, had a four and a half game lead. Three weeks later, they went from sixty nine and fifty six to ninety one and fifty six, and the race is over. It's, you know, you talk about, you know, a ball club maintaining an even keel and, you know, you can't win or lose it in a stretch. Well, they won it in a three-week period. They won the Central Division and, you know, did it in historical fashion. And, uh, you know, I hope history remembers the Indians, you know, the way they should be remembered because, you know, in a lot of ways, it's 
best streak in the history of the game because the New York Giants had a tie in the middle of their 26-game win streak, and not quite certain how that equates to a winning streak if you have a tie game. But nonetheless, you know, it's uh, it's been what has been a part of a, a really a great decade of baseball here in Cleveland. The 2010 period is is one of the best decades of baseball in the history of this franchise, and it was capped off by that historical run. That's the longtime voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, weighing in on the Indians' 22-game win streak back in 2017. Now, if you're listening to this podcast on Saturday, May the 16th, the morning it drops, don't forget to tune in tonight to the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network and Indians.com for Game 13 of the streak from the Windy City. And be sure to listen tomorrow night as well at 7 p.m., as the Indians look to match the franchise record win streak at 14 games. That'll do it for this episode of The Streak. Thanks, as always, going out to Brian Motze and Bob Coates at iHeartMedia for their production help, Bart Swain and Court Berry Tripp from Indians PR. And thanks to Tom Hamilton for stopping by and sharing his thoughts on The Streak. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks for taking the time to listen, and we will talk to you next time on The Streak. The Indians' historical streak marches on. Thanks for listening to the Streak Podcast, the inside stories from one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Your companion to the nightly game broadcast on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.